Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, he'd be like, all right, let's, let's just let this end. Right? Yeah. You guys are not forcing me to do anything, so stop. Listen, Milani, what are you going to hold I for? Know. I don't know what I want to do. All right, I got to get back to business. Bye. All right. Bye. All right, love you. I'm not talking about this anymore. All right. Wow, GDJ girls. Wow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Them GDJ girls are getting front and center in the mix of the drama. Last week, we had Gia, of course, confronted Zio Joe, and now Melania confronted Uncle Joe. And I'm a little bit concerned that the girls are getting front and center because, of course, we tune into this show for the housewives. And I'm happy that Teresa's daughters are getting a lead role in this season, but I am a little concerned going forward because there's there's a lot of darkness when you're leaning into the reality TV of it all. And I know we discussed this a little bit last week, but now this week we're seeing Gia has the sweatshirts made of the quote where she says, waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. You know that quote where she was wrote the song years ago about her broken family. And she wanted the broken family to come together. And she said she's thinking about so many things when she wakes up in the morning. And then that goes viral. Will Smith was doing a video of it on his TikTok or whatever. And I have some TikTok thoughts we're going to get to in just a second. But so now Gia is making money and I'm happy she's turning lemons, uh, lemonade into lemons or, or lemons into lemonade, whatever the fuck that saying is. However, there's something a little uh, tough, tough about it because now she's, I guess it is good. She's turning the pain into fortune. So maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we should. We should congratulate her instead of, but I feel a little icky about the whole thing. And now with Melania and is Melania even 18? Maybe she's 18 now, but I know she's not 18. Is she? No, no, she's younger than that. But so I don't know. There's something about the young girls getting in it and dealing with their Zio Joe, their uncle Joe. I just, I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit icky and it's all kind of dark sided, but we're going to talk about this week's Real Houses in New Jersey. Also Orange County. We're going to break that down. I have a, a couple little straight thoughts about Summer House. But before we get into any of that, I got to say, I'm happy to be here today because I almost wasn't. And what I mean by that was somebody almost ran into me when I was just simply in the street getting something out of my car. I was, I closed the door of my car and then suddenly I'm seeing this car come after me and it almost hit me like this car just barely at first split second. I saw my life flash before my eyes and I thought, this is it. Just um, that's it. Goodbye. Meanwhile, I got a show to get to. So this man didn't know, but he almost hit me. And then he's, I was so shook up over it. You know, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but it was, he didn't hit me, but it was like so close and he swerved. He didn't see me. He swerved out of the road and then he stops and my heart sinks. Even though he's the one who almost hit me, it was like my heart sunk because I was like, oh my God, he's going to confront me. Meanwhile, I didn't even do anything wrong. But you know, when you're in that zone, you're like, uh, did I do something wrong? Anyway, he stops, rolls down the window and I'm scared, but I'm also still angry. And I finally come to and realize, no, I need to be angry at this man. But I'm also not a confrontational person, which I'm working on. I had another situation recently where I realized that I'm just not good at confrontation. But 
he rolls down the window and he apologizes to me. And the only thing I could think to say, the only thing that could come out of my mouth, instead of saying what I should have said was like, F you, you know, you almost hit me. Watch where you're going. You should have been paying attention to the road. It wasn't like I was on a main road or something. I was in a private side street area. And all I could think to say to this man was, you should have done a Hong Kong, which I don't, ladies and gentlemen, I don't even know what that means. I said, <laughs> that's what I yelled at this man. I said, you should have done a Hong Kong. And he just said, I'm sorry. And then he drove away. But I'm thinking, I, I mean, I, I know what I meant. I meant like you should have honked at me, but that doesn't even ultimately make any sense because if he didn't pay attention, I don't know if he dropped his phone or whatever, but why would he honk honk at me? Uh, but also, like, why didn't I say you should have fucking beeped your horn or something a little bit harder language I should have used with this man who almost killed me on the road. But instead, I just yelled, you should have done a Hong Kong. And it was like, that's the most, it's the most Midwest Libra thing to shout at someone in a confrontation was you should have done a Hong Kong. And meanwhile, I had woke up this morning. I thought I was going to have a, a blessed day. And it turns out it's just one of them days. It's just one of them days. It's just one of them days, like Monica said back in the 90s uh, from that song, One of Them Days. But it, I thought I was going to have a great day because I've been doing this thing on TikTok where I've been I'm, I'm new, sort of new to TikTok or exploring it for the first time. And I've been really invested in inspirational TikTok. So they've been showing me when I log on there. I guess it it shows you the algorithm based on what you watch or whatever. So now my whole feed, for a long time, it was just Trader Joe food reviews. Like, that's what my whole TikTok feed was. And I liked that. And then I kind of veered off into recipe TikToks. So it would show me recipes, which were really, they were always like the fattest recipes, like that nobody should eat. It was like... Uh, cream chicken, cream, uh, all the cream of mushroom soups and all the, and then sour cream, everything just in a crock pot. And it's like, throw cheese on top, which is a very Midwest way of cooking. And I do like that style of food. I do like that genre of food where you just throw cheese and cream on something and eat it. However, it wasn't great for my diet. I'm trying to lose a couple pounds, a couple LBs. Anyway, so then I suddenly found myself an inspirational TikTok, which it's just these videos where they give you motivational quotes. And to be honest, 99% of them are just Steve Harvey on the set of Family Feud with some music behind him telling you to get off your ass. And that's motivational enough. And I honestly, it's been helping me every single morning. I'm in bed I'm, while I'm drinking my coffee. I get on TikTok and all these Steve Harvey videos shows up. And he's just yelling, get off your ass. And I'm thinking in my head all day, I'm like, I got to get off my ass. Steve Harvey told me to get off my ass. But it shows me, or it'll say like, lose friends that are bad for you, you know, and then I'm just watching all these in a row. And it's honestly very inspiring. So today I woke up in one of those moods. I thought I'm going to have the best day ever. I'm going to get off my ass, uh, like Steve told me to do. And I'm going to have a blessed day. And then it turns out I almost died. So, you know, you could tra- try to change your mindset, but ultimately someone's going to almost swerve into you or they're not going to swerve into you. But if you're driving out there, you need to be careful. And that's coming from me. I'm not a good driver. You know that. If you see me driving, go the other way because I'm not a good driver. But I don't know that I've almost just like hit a patron on a side street. I mean, come on. I did have a friend, I might have told you guys this before, but I did have this girl in high school that every time I would get in her car, she'd get in an accident. I felt like I was a bad luck charm. And one time I was in the car and she did run into someone. She just totally backed into a human, uh, a friend who was at her trunk. She backed into this other girl who was at her trunk and uh, like squeezed her body. I mean, could have popped her like a, a zit. And luckily we all survived it. But it was like this girl just, I don't even know how she had her license still. She got an accident. Every five minutes, she was in some car accident. It was like, 
why do you still have your license? And every time I'd be in the car somehow, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't even super close with this girl, but every time I was in her car, she'd be getting in some big old car accident. And it was very dangerous. And I hope that, I hope she's not on the road anymore or that she took a class because honestly, it was, it was dangerous. Anyway, so I, I try to be in a good, I'm going to try to change it around too. I'm going to try to change this mood around because we got a lot of housewife stuff to talk about. So we're going to all get through this. Well, I'm not. We're going to get through this. And let's start with the Real Houses in New Jersey, shall we? Now, we open with Dolores Dolo and Gabby, the daughter, and Frankie Jr. are cooking pasta. Did you notice when they were cooking this week? I think it was at Louis's house. Is it Louis or Louis? I'm confused. Anyway, when we were at Louis's house, they had Rao's. R-A-O. I don't know if I'm saying that. Rao's? Rao's? Uh, sauce. And I love Rao's jarred sauce. Like, it's my favorite. And I know we're watching these Italian-Americans on the show. Uh, but I really appreciate that they're eating rouse because if you're going to buy jarred sauce, it's the best one. And this is not an ad, although if they want to send me, they have previously sent me some jarred sauce, but it's the best. But I saw that in the background. I was like, oh, good for them. Skipping a couple steps. You know, I, I'm a proponent of making your own sauce. I do believe it's the most important thing to do. However, every once in a while, you need to cut a corner. You need to get a jarred sauce. And my mom always taught me that when you, in those times of need, when you got to use the jarred sauce, you just add to it. You make it your own. You add some spices. You cook it. You change up the recipe a little bit to make it your own and make it more homemade, semi-homemade, in the words of, what was that woman who hosted that? Sandra D? Sandra Lee. Not D. Sandra Lee. Remember, she would just, it was semi-homemade. It was like a whole half hour where she was just making a box cake mix. And she would add, I don't know, sprinkles to it and be like, oh, it's homemade now. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That's a good method. <laughs> That's a good method of cooking. Whatever happened to her? I think she's married. Wasn't she married to like a congressman or Cuomo brother or something? I don't, I can't keep up with everyone on the Food Network. Although I try. Although I try. What are we talking about? Oh, so Frankie Jr. is cooking the pasta. And I don't know about you guys, but is he getting, is he getting bigger? It like, and I was so attracted. It seems like, I don't know if it's more muscly or just to put a little weight on or something, but I'm finding him even more attracted than ever. When I saw him buy the pasta pot, I thought, I have the no, chill. No. Frankie Jr. is, oh, he's always been a good looking man. And then when I find out he's got a, a gentle side to him, he just wants calm because his dad was this, uh, had this, really rough Italian temper. And I just thought, oh, my gentle giant, Frankie Jr. I love that man. And he just wants to be nice. He doesn't seem to have his dad's proponent for gathering boat whores, which we got to talk about boat whores for at least 75 minutes, because they've mentioned this before on the uh, Real Houses in New Jersey, this fact that Frank Sr. had left the wife, Dolores, when she just had these new kids. And then Dolores saw him with all these, what she calls boat whores, she keeps saying boat horse. And it was, there was a flashback and we heard about another season, but suddenly boat horse is now in my lexicon. And so I, in the same way that prostitution horror is in my lexicon because of the real houses in New Jersey. Now I, I, I recognize boat horse as something that should be in Webster because it, it well, boat horse, we've heard it on here a bunch of times. And uh, I'm glad Frankie Jr. is not getting the boat horse because they don't want that to happen because they already lived through the dad bringing around the boat horse. And these boat horse, now he's still picking up the boat horse because they say he's living down at the shore house. Now he might come back and live in the city. And I, what he, what they're all really saying is like, Frank Sr. is going to come back because now we're filming the season. Like that's, <laughs> that's what Dolores is really saying in this scene. It's like, oh, Frank Sr. is going to start coming around again. He's going to leave the shore house where he's got all his boat horse. And then he's going to come back 
uh, to live so he could be on camera so that in the off season of the Ross in Jersey, he can attract the boat horse. You know, so this is Frank Sr.'s calendar year. It's, you know, Real House in New Jersey filming. He's a family man. He's got this unique, quirky relationship with the other guys, and he's having martinis with Joe Gorga and Joe Benito and, uh, you know, the whole gang. And then he's being a good father figure to Frankie Jr. and Gabby, and he's being a good sort of partner for Dolores, even though they're not really together. And then the cameras go down, and I believe Frank Sr. hightails it over to the shore house and spends the rest of the year with his boat horse. And so that's how his calendar year is split up between boat horse. It's like filming and boat horse. And I know he also does some other construction work or something, but obviously, as Dolores says, none of it's getting done. So obviously, Frank Sr. is more concerned with the boat horse and the filming than his other job, which is fine. He's in the, I, would you, it's not his twilight years. I was going to say he's in his twilight years. <laughs> That's not true. How old is Frank Sr.? Unclear. You could tell me that that man was uh, 110 and I'd say, okay, you're right. Like, I wouldn't know. I can't understand that man's age. Uh, but I, I'm happy. I hope uh, God bless him and the boat horse is what I'm trying to say. Then we cut to Gia modeling the sweatshirt and it's a lot. I feel like we got more Gia. Then we did Tracy and uh, Tiki Barber. We're getting more Gia in this. And again, her song went viral. She made the sweatshirts at the boutique. And something about it, the, uh, something about the broken family becoming a money thing, although it should be inspirational to me, I'm finding it very dark-sided. So that's how I'm feeling. But Melania now is defensive about the dad who went away. And, you know, uh, that stuff is all real-life things. And so I hope they all get through it. We cut to Frank Sr., Joe Gorga, and Marge's husband. They're meeting to discuss whacking it. I mean, there was, it was about five minutes of them just talking about whacking it. Just whacking it. It was like, I think Frank Sr. said, how much do you whack it? And then Joe's like, I whack it with my wife. And it was like, we're getting a lot of just, a lot of details about their sex life. And I'm not sure that we need it. I don't hate it as much as I hate on some of the other franchises we get the husbands. You know, like, I'm not interested in seeing Seth Marks talking about whacking it. But there's something about Frank or uh, Joe Gorga talking about whacking it with Frank Sr. that I find sort of endearing in a way. And it goes against everything in me. To uh, It goes against everything in me. I also find Joe Gorga to be so hot. I know. I know. I'm not even proud of it. I'm not even proud of it. But I find him very attractive. Something about that little man and his muscles. And I don't know. He's always talking about whacking it and drinking a martini. And, and I don't like... He's got that caveman sort of like my wife and, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm, he's got that kind of caveman-y mentality, which I hate. And, and that Melissa excuses, there was one like little cut scene where Melissa was at Envy and she was pointing out to the, the gals who work at Envy something about how they had uh, hats that said wifey on it. And she's like, make sure you don't jump into marriage because once you're wifey, it's a full-time job taking care of those men. And, you know, I hate that culture of like, the women's got to keep the man in line. You know, it's very Leah Remini, Kevin, Kevin James, and King of Queens. You know, like, I hate that sort of culture. And yet still, yet still, even though it goes against my entire grain of being, I find Joe Gorga very hot. And so, you know, we could be both things. I'm not proud of it. Here I am telling my truth out loud and proud on this podcast. Some of my opinions might not be popular, but I do want to have sex with Joe Gorga, and I'm here to live my truth. Live my truth. Okay, so then, and speaking of people I want to have sex with, then we cut to Evan, uh, Jackie's husband, on a date. They're very cute. And Evan, they showed a picture of him with his blouse off in college. 
And it did sort of look like his head was CGI'd onto his body. I don't know what the contouring was happening there, but he had his blouse off. There was a picture of him, and he was kind of making like a a muscly, uh, muscly, um, what was it? What am I? uh, Pose. Why why can't I talk today? Muscly pose. Should have done a honk honk. He's doing. He's doing a muscly pose. And I don't know, I paused it because I wanted to see his uh, nipples out. And then when I paused it, it sort of looked like he had a different coloring. I don't know if he was wearing some makeup or something. Maybe he had some rouge on, but it seemed like there was different contouring between his head and his body. It was as if his head was independent from his body. And both looked great. I'm just saying they didn't fit. Go back and look at that image. I don't know, maybe it was just the lighting or something. But it was strange. But I'm always here for a picture with Evan without a blouse on. And also, it was revealed that Jackie let Evan uh, showed Evan her bra on the first night they met, and they plan a frat party around this because they talk about their college years. And that frat party was so sad, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, I shed a tear for that frat party. It was so depressing to me. It was just three picnic tables upstairs at a restaurant. Uh, we'll talk about that, but it was tough to see. It was tough to see. Then uh, Jackie opens up more about her eating disorder and how she's still not okay. And I think she's she been talking about how last year was so tough and she lost weight last year from the show. And it was all so raw. And sometimes the raw stuff just comes out on this show when you least expect it. And I thought it was so brave and important for her to open up about her food issues in a, such a honest way. And I'm loving Jackie this season. I'm loving her. I'm loving her sticking up for Jennifer. I'm loving her now opening up about this. I think the way she handled the Evan thing, even the way Evan's been handling the Evan thing, it was like everybody called him a big old cheater and stuff. And he's just like, whatever. (laughs) I'm like, God bless that man. Not only is he hot, but he's like, doesn't, he doesn't bother by anything. And I just love them together. But I'm loving Jackie so much. And for her to open up about this, she says her eating is ritualized. It was tough to hear. I, th- I found this all, as someone who myself suffers from food issues and body image stuff, I found it triggering to me in a way. Like I was watching it and I'm like, oh, I can't. I, I felt uncomfortable that she was talking about it. And then that made me think, oh, fuck, that's why she needs to talk about it. Because we all need to talk about this stuff so that we can all recognize how fucked up this all is. And I think a lot of us, I was just talking to somebody about this. I think it was on another podcast or something, but a lot of us who grew up in that era of the early 2000s, like we came of age, we were teenagers during the 2000s and and our 2010s, where it was like the thinness was celebrated and overweightness was ridiculed. And Jessica Simpson was on every magazine cover when she was in her mom jeans, and everyone said how big she was, or Britney Spears when she did Gimme More at the VMAs, where they all looked phenomenal and gorgeous, and somehow we were made to believe that that was overweight or obsessively uh, obsessively big or something. And so, yeah, I'm, I think it's fascinating, and I think it's good we all talk about this stuff because we are all fucked up from it. And so I just, I'm proud of Jackie for opening up. It was tough to hear. It was tough to watch. And maybe I, that was a good thing for us all. And she cried. She said, I don't want to do this anymore. And Evan was so sweet. He said, I think it's time for you to get help. And she says she needs therapy, which I thought was right and good and great. And Evan's supportive of that. And and anyone, if you can go out and get therapy, I encourage anyone to do it. Because it's really, if you could find a free, just if you can, it's great. Then uh, we did cut to Jackie calling Jennifer and just checking in. So now again, we're getting Jackie just checking in on Jennifer. And Jackie says, Dolores isn't uh, who you think she is, she says to Jennifer. 
And then Jackie invites everyone to this frat party. And uh, before we do have the frat party, we got to talk about Lewis and the pizza night because, oh, you guys, I had a lot of thoughts about this Lewis pizza night. Louis, Lewis. I think he was Louis. Wasn't she calling him Louis on Ultimate Girls Trip? But now I'm seeing Lewis on the screen, right? Am I confused? You know, sometimes I get these names wrong. I can't be perfect, so I'm not sure what it is. But we're calling him Louis, Louis. Uh, but we got to talk about this pizza night because I have a lot of thoughts. The brother David was there. He was grilling eggplant. And then he wanted to do all this self-reflective stuff. And Joe Gorga was making me crack up. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm Italian. We like to talk like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I was like... <laughs> God bless. Maybe that's why I'm attracted to him because I come from an Italian family, you know, I, the Italian culture. Uh, I, I recognize Joe Gorka in the Italian culture. So, uh, you guys, we're going to talk about that. We got to take a quick break here, but we're going to come back and talk about that whole scene because I have lots of thoughts on the Louis of it all. So let's take a break here. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Go to ACAST for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Pre-order my book. You get tickets to the tour. The live shows will be uh, in March, I'm doing a handful of cities, so go to everythingiconic.com, or I'll put the links in the episode description. We'll be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 365 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. 
And we're back, little bear. It's just one of them days. Okay, so this Louis pizza night. Okay, so it's at his house. Louis, Teresa reveals to us, he journals, he meditates, and he's going to teach them all the Gorga family self-help techniques. So Teresa's there. Teresa's like, we're not big on that. And then David, Louis' brother's there. Apparently, they had a big fight and got through it with some of these things. Joe and Melissa arrive with their kids. And I love seeing – another thing I love about this show is, like, the men kiss in Italian culture. And so I like to see – that's, like, a thing. Not Obviously not with tongue or anything gross like that, but I like seeing men kiss on the cheek. It's very Italian to me, and it makes me feel at home in a way. Uh, but they did pizza. They did uh, some pasta. They did all sorts of stuff, grilling the eggplant. And Teresa reveals she's not going to be able to go to that frat party because she's going for a dance week in Boston. And every week now they're revealing stuff about, I think it's Adriana's doing the dance stuff. And I'm feeling in my bones that maybe they're setting up like a dance mom spinoff for Teresa. I don't know why. I'm not sure if I'm right. I haven't heard any rumblings about this, but it feels like for a few weeks now they keep saying, Teresa's got to go to this dance thing. This She's got to go to this dance thing. So now all I'm thinking about as a dance mom's aficionado, someone who's watched Abby Lee Miller, uh, go through it all. I mean, that woman, I've seen a journey from that woman for the ages, the Dance Moms and Maddie Ziegler and, of course, Chloe and uh, the whole gang over at Dance Moms. I don't know if you've ever watched that show, but I watched it every episode. Every episode I've watched Dance Moms. And I'm feeling like maybe Bravo is seeing an opportunity here for Teresa to be the new Abby Lee Miller. And I would love that. Or maybe, maybe Teresa would be more like the mom, but I feel like Teresa's a star. She can't be She's got to be like the Abby Lee Miller, right? I don't know, but I'm saying Teresa should open up a dance studio. And if she ever wants to get out of this Real House of New Jersey, we set up a dance studio for Teresa. We call it Table Flippin' Dance or something like that. I don't know. We'll get creative with the name. And then she doesn't have to fight with these other women. She could just run a dance studio. And I feel like that'd be a great thing. Uh, but... Let's see, Teresa, they talk a little bit about the Margaret stuff. Teresa's still mad at Margaret. And Melissa doesn't understand why Teresa doesn't have her back because Jen called her brother a crook. And so Melissa's like, well, why don't you have your brother's back like this woman you're friends with called your brother a crook? And she's like, whatever. (laughs) You can't logic, you can't give logic to Teresa. And that's what I love so much about that woman. She just feels too intensely. And so she's not interested in logic. She's not interested in you explaining something to her. She'll do what she feels in the moment. And that's what we love. That's what makes her a great reality TV star. Anyway, Louis reveals to the group, he's like, I'm going to give everyone paper, and you can write what you like and what you want to get rid of. And Joe Gorga's like, let's not write it. Let's talk about it. And then Louis talks about trauma and leaning forward into the trauma and getting through trauma and all this stuff. He sounds like Jamie Lee Curtis on the Halloween press tour talking about trauma. He's just like, lean into the trauma. And then that's when Joe Gorg's like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm Italian. We like to talk like, whoa. We talk like, whoa, what's your problem? Whoa. This guy, Louis talks in code. What is the fuck is going on here? What the hell are you talking about? I'm Italian. We talk like, whoa, whoa. Joey Lawrence and Blossom just, we talk like, whoa. <laughs> but yeah, he just doesn't get it. And God bless the Gorka family because he's not interested in that either. And Teresa then, when they're all going around and giving out their faults and what they want to get rid of and what's, Teresa just doesn't have any faults. The only thing Teresa consistently we can rely on her for is expressing the fact that she hates Melissa. She hates Melissa. And she said it, she implied it again. She said something about Melissa and loyalty and stuff. She always is throwing little digs at Melissa. She forever will. To the day these two pass, I mean, it's very clear to me that Teresa hates no one, no one on this earth 
more than her own sister-in-law, Melissa Gorka. And for a while, they tried to pretend, but it's very clear. And I don't think Melissa likes Teresa either, by the way. I don't think those two get along at all. However, I do think Melissa maybe like tries to cover it up better, but Teresa now is just not going to cover it up at all. She can't help but let her emotions spill over and the fact that she hates her sister-in-law. And it's so apparent, and I don't think they ever want to fight again. I think they're over the fighting because it's just like a losing battle. And I think they both realize it's not great for the show anymore. But Teresa definitely wants Melissa off the show and out of her life. And it's so abundantly clear. Uh, but they do eventually, Melania confronts her Zio Joe. Gio, uh, Gia points out that it's so sad that this relationship being, uh, this family being torn apart has been going on for so long. And Joe Gorga has a revelation. He suddenly gets it. He's like, okay, we all need to heal and move forward. They, they healed. I felt they healed. Louis healed them. And it's again making me fall in love with Louis, which I was not coming into the season expecting. I thought he was going to be the villain. I thought he was going to be a nutball, uh, who goes to these islands with, with a bunch of men without their tops on and yell at each other. And it seemed all creepy and weird to me. But now that I'm getting to know Louis, I'm like, well, maybe I love him. And I look, there is a part in my brain that is telling me that that's a bad move to make and that's a bad thing to say. And, and I need to be more careful of this, Louis. But my emotion is coming through much like Teresa's emotion. It can't help it but come through. And I feel deeply that I'm into Louis right now. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's scary to me, too. It's scary to me, too. But I got to be honest with my emotions here. I'm attracted to Joe Gorga, and I like Louis there. But they did heal, and I cried. And by the way, I will change my mind about this Louis. I'm sure by next week or a week after that, as soon as they show me something creepier, I almost feel like Bravo's setting us up, don't you? I feel like they're setting us up. They're like, okay, we want you to fall in love with Louis so that when you turn on him, it'll be more impactful because that's what Bravo always does. They make you love someone and then they rip the rug out from under them. Just like, are you guys following all this Real Houses and you, um, Real Houses of Beverly Hills stuff that's going on online? There's like this whole Kathy rumor and I've heard some things. I've heard some things that are not great for Kathy Hilton. And Lisa Rinna has been coming out and saying things and alluding to some of the stuff with Kathy Hilton. And, you know, people tell me things. People tell me things online, and I I never know what's true or what's not true. I never know. I don't ever want to spoil anything because I also think it's good for us to watch these shows. And I do feel like they should not be allowed to tweet or post about anything during the season that they're filming. As much as it teases the season, I miss the days of when I didn't know anything. I remember sitting down to watch season two of The Real House of New Jersey or or one of the early New York seasons or or season three of Atlanta or whatever it is when we didn't know anything. And then suddenly Kim Zolciak is talking about Big Papa and you have no idea who this man is. But now everything is spoiled on Instagram and storylines are spoiled on Twitter. And not for everyone. I'm sure a lot of you don't pay attention to the social media of it all. Uh, but I do. <laughs> and so I kind of wish that didn't happen. But anyway, so there's all this stuff about Kathy Hilton. And you'll have to go research it yourself and determine whether or not you believe it. I've heard things, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. Obviously, we're going to have to watch what happens live and tune to bravotv.com for more information. But for now, it's some pretty troubling rumors about Kathy Hilton, hunky-dory Kathy Hilton. So, and I don't even know if she, I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything, but we'll see how it plays out and we'll see what's real and what's not. Because sometimes this stuff comes out from unverified sources and then we find out it was all a big lie. It was a big ruse. And then you're tuning into the season waiting for something to happen. Remember on Potomac when it was revealed that like 
at the Potomac reunion, Giselle had like such a horrible time. And then we were watching the reunion and it was like, Giselle had a great time and it was fine. So I think, I think we got to be careful with the rumors, but I have heard some things and we'll have to watch what happens live. Anyway, what's going on with this? Oh, so Jackie has her party and Lexi's there. Lexi was a flop last season. It was Margaret's assistant or, uh, VP of operations, or I don't know what we call her, but she was there and she shows up a lot and she shows up a lot for someone who hasn't really given us much of anything. And I'm quite frankly surprised that that spot's not filled by someone else because we're not allowed to have a ton of people at this filming. And yet she keeps showing up. And I'm like, if we're going to have Lexi there, then I need Lexi to get in the mix. Give us something, Lexi. Like, do something. I don't care if it's wild and crazy or whatever. Just do something because you're at all these parties. Tracy, too. Which, by the way, there was a moment where they cut to Tracy's house. It was jarring. Was it not a jarring edit? Where suddenly, I think we were at Jackie's house. Suddenly, we're at Tracy's house. We've never been there before. It. She doesn't have like the title card, so we didn't even. It didn't even say like uh, Tracy or anything. It was just like a quick cut to Tracy's house, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? They really threw me for a loop because normally we get some transitional music and we'll see the out exterior of the house and it'll say their name card. I felt like we just hopped right into Tracy's house, and I was like, where the fuck am I? My equilibrium was off. I blacked out for a second. I fainted, and I had to come to, you know, somebody, Matt had to put some smelling salts in front of my nose, and I came to, and I thought, where are we? And we were suddenly at Jackie, or at Tracy's house, Tracy and Tiki Barber. So I just want to tell Bravo, you need to prepare us for that. Just Don't just hop in any old house. You need to tell me where we're at in space and time, and uh, you've trained us now to understand that when we go to a new house, we usually see a title card. And so the fact that they did this, maybe they're trying to test the waters to see if we still need that. But I still needed it because, again, totally blacked out, didn't know where we were. I thought I was watching a different show for a moment. I was like, did I change the channel? Anyway, I need to be careful with that. So Tracy's at this frat party. Again, just some beer pong kegs. And all these parties during COVID times, I know that they can't have many people. And I know there are regulations for filming. But this was at the upstairs of a restaurant, which I don't really know that I love a restaurant that has multiple stories anyway. And I don't know what that means exactly. But I do feel like if I go into a restaurant, I only want one floor. I, I... And I'm sure there's nice restaurants that have multiple stories or floors, but something about it just does not sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with me. And the fact that this has an upstairs and that they were so easily able to convert it into a frat party. And it was a really sad frat party at that because there were just these three little flip tables that looked like they were from a Walgreens or a Rite Aid, which is great. No shade to Walgreens or Rite Aid, but it was like... It was tough to to watch. And then they had the luge or the ice luge. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Everything about it. just And also, that no one even really knew how to dress. It was like, I looked at Margaret. I was like, that's how she dressed to any party. It was like, <laughs> I, Jackie sort of dressed in a guy. They were all sort of kind of in a maybe little costume, but the theme was just loose. And I was glad they were playing beer pong. I love a beer pong. Uh, and the guys ask Evan about getting ahead, you know, cause that's a storyline that's gonna, gonna be with us forever. The fact that the wife doesn't give him head. And so they ask him about it and he says he's doing a lot of yoga. He says he's doing a lot of yoga and he's getting ready to be able to give himself head. I have the no, f- chill. No. When he said that, when he said that, I thought, I like dick. 
Oh, then there's like this little bit about Joe Benito loving Dolores. And I like this pairing, although I was hinting, I was seeing a little hint of jealousy from the Marge. Did anyone see your face? Maybe it was just the way they were cutting to the Marge. Uh, but they do talk about Dolores maybe having a dalliance with Joe Gorka, because apparently she had told someone, Margaret, that she saw his penis. And now people are questioning whether or not Dolores and Joe Gorga had sex. And I don't think they did. But didn't we all see Joe Gorga's dick? Remember at the early seasons when he's flashing us the... And for some reason, I have a very strong image in my head of Joe Gorga at that campsite. Remember when they went on the camping trip? And I think he flashed the camera or something. Obviously, they blurred it out for us. But so I was just thinking, if we saw that on camera, I'm sure at one of these cast trips, Joe Gorg was running around with the his Tarzan flapping, flip-flopping around, and Dolores caught a peek, right? Who among us wouldn't look a, get a peek if Joe Gorg was running around set with his, his uh, Neil Patrick Harris flopping around? I don't know why I just called it a Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> his Neil Patrick Harris just flopping around. His Peter Rabbit just running around town. I imagine everybody would look at it if it was flopping around on set. I'm sorry. We could all pretend we wouldn't, but I certainly would. I'm not saying I'd go looking for it. I'm just saying if it was flopping in front of me, I'd take it a look. I'd take a take a gander at his Peter Rabbit. Anyway, uh, Dolores, so if they did have sex, good for them. God bless. And uh, we should, Joe Gorga should show us again. So we should all look at it. We should all just see it. Tracy, though, she's sticking up for Jen and obviously turning. And I don't feel like Tracy's got a real reason to root against Melissa and Margaret. I just feel like Tracy is seeing an in here. She's seeing a way to have some storyline on the show. So I think that's why she's siding with Jen. I don't think it's real. But Jen and Bill show up. And Dolores uh, reveals that her and David broke up. He didn't bring her into his life, which is what everyone's been saying to Dolores for years now. Every single season, Dolores keeps yelling at them and saying that's not true. But now Dolores is like, well, yeah, it's true. (laughs) Every single season for four years or something, everyone's like, Dolores, you and David don't even spend any time together. And that must bother you. And she would get mad and get in their face and be like, it doesn't bother me. It's my life. And now Dolores is like, yeah, it sucks. So they did break up, but it seems like Dolores got a hot new man. I saw photos. I saw photos, and the man looked good. So I'm very happy about it, and uh, I hope that those two make it out okay. And let's see, what else is going on? Oh, then Jen and Dolores are talking. Jen tells Dolores about Jackie saying that they're not good friends. Jen throws Jackie under the bus, which I didn't love because I'm like thinking, Jen, Jackie is on your side. She's checking in on you. She's calling you. And now you're turning on your only ally because Dolores isn't your ally. I know this might be what you think, but you shouldn't throw Jen under the bus or Jackie under the bus. Then Jackie and Dolores fight. And Margaret even shows up and agrees that Dolores is better friends with her than with Jen. And Dolores is getting offended by that. But I think it's not about what it's about, right? Dolores is not so much upset with Jackie and Marge or Jen or the whole thing. I think what Dolores is reacting to is the David of it all, right? That's what it's about. It's not about what it's about. And so that's what is going on with Dolores. But we can't say that uh, here. And Dolores, I don't even think, realizes it. But I'm sure they'll make up. But it ends on a to-be-continued. But they were really fighting. Dolores and Jackie, though, when they were fighting, it was like, because Dolores referred to Jackie as a this and it's it snapped Jackie. And I think Jackie really stepped up and she snapped. And then Patterson Dolores came out. Then uh the episode ends with to be continued, and I thought it was thrilling. It's a good 
this is a good, interesting flavor for the show. And Teresa was even in that whole scene at the frat party with the sad tables upstairs at a restaurant. However, it was still a good episode, in my opinion. So I was concerned about Jersey this season. I think I said in the very first recap, I thought, I'm worried about it. Uh-oh, uh-oh, we're in trouble. But luckily, the gals have stepped it up, and I'm feeling like we're on a really good track, and I'm just excited about going forward, and I feel like they brought it. And I'm thankful to them, I'm thankful to Bravo, and I'm thankful to the casting for not listening to me, because I thought we might need new, fresh people. And yet, here the gals are bringing it better than ever. And the new gal is not bringing us anything. Neither is Lexi. And I, I'm sure Lexi's a wonderful gal. I, mean, I feel bad I'm being mean to Lexi, but what she brought us for 100 seasons? She's in every scene, and I'm like, that woman's just standing there. And at a certain point, just don't show up to the vent, because let's fill that spot with somebody else. Uh, anyway, that's The Real Housewives of New Jersey. we got to talk about The Real Housewives of Orange County. And uh, let's hear a clip. I'm thinking about taking my lesbian flag down. Why? Well, I got a comment the other day on TikTok. Yeah. On... Can, you can comment on TikTok? What? Okay, that was Heather Dubrow's daughter. I'm still in Jersey mode, daughter. And I'm very happy Heather Dubrow and Terry Dubrow, they seem like wonderful parents to those kids. And I'm very proud, although I'm very upset that the daughter has got some bullies at school. And it is 2022, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a kid in Orange County or anywhere across the planet Earth, you need to tell them to be more accepting of their youthful friends. I will not have any of this happening in my watch. So parents, it's up to you all to have a sit-down conversation with your kids. And you need to say, hey, are you being homophobic to Heather Dubrow's daughter? Then you need to stop. You need to stop. I'm not sure if anyone from Orange County or the school system where Heather's daughter is going to but you need to sit them down and we need to have a discussion about this because she says that kids are bullying and leaving comments on the TikTok and she wants to take down the big ass flag. And I say, raise that big ass flag and do not take it down. And I'm mad. I'm pissed at the daughters. And I, I gotta be honest. I'm feeling so many different types of way about the Debro family because not only do I feel like Heather and Terry are wonderful parents, but on the flip side of the coin, I'm very pissed because they're getting a spinoff, another spinoff. And I'm not even sure what it is. And I watched the whole trailer. I want, there's a whole trailer out there and it's Heather and Terry and they're sort of helping people. And, and Heather talks about how she helped people on her podcast, her inspirational podcast. And Terry helped people by giving them the surgeries unbotched. And I don't even understand what the show is about. It seems like it's about a whole lot of stuff and a whole lot of nothing. And believe me, I will watch every episode. I'll watch every episode of it, but it does not look good, and I don't know why it happened. And I wonder, too, was there some sort of deal? This is the skeptical part of me. I think, was there a deal where upon Heather's return, she said, I'll only do it if you greenlight the spinoff? I don't know if that's a fact, but that's where my heart lies. That's what I'm feeling. And again, I will watch every single episode of it, much like I watched Don't Be Tardy on a plane once. I didn't like, I didn't like a single minute of it, but I did watch about 10 episodes in a row once of Don't Be Tardy. And I wasn't tardy for that party and I hated it. I did not care for that family, but I just kept on watching. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with this Heather Dubrow spinoff. And quite frankly, I don't think Heather Dubrow's return to the show has been as successful as any of us thought it would be or it should be. I think she's great for the show. And there were moments like with the daughters this week where I was like, oh, she's she's giving us so much. She's giving us this lovely family story. She also is giving us these petty feuds. She's giving us the opulence. 
but there's still a little bit of a disconnect. And I, I think they needed a bridge between Heather and everyone else. And I think not only they needed to bring Heather back, uh, this might be not be popular, but I think they should have maybe brought Tamara back or, or at least another bridge with the rest of the group because it still feels, even watching Heather Dubrow and Shannon microdose, which I've been wondering why Heather or why Shannon has been so calm, cool, and collected this season. And it's obviously now because she's microdosing. She's high in every scene. And so I'm going to need someone to take the weed away from Shannon Bedore because I need her to just bring me some of that energy she used to have that I always hated, but I need back. I need it back. So what else is going on? Oh, we do at the beginning of this Orange County episode, we see everyone kind of catching up with their kids. So we see Shannon, uh, she's talking to one of the daughters on the phone and the daughter reveals that she hasn't cleaned her toilet since she moved into the new place. That was a tough fact to learn. And that's how we opened the episode, by the way. And I'm not sure that that was the smartest choice. Uh, I'm not sure that that's what we should have opened with because immediately then I'm like, oh, this is the show we're watching where it's like, lights up, Shannon Bedore on the phone with the daughter and the daughter's like, I haven't cleaned the toilet yet. And Shannon's like, you haven't? And they're laughing about it. I'm like, this is not something you open with. I mean, you should just open with literally anything else, literally anything else besides Shannon's daughter saying she hasn't cleaned the toilet. And you need to clean the toilet. And uh, another thing that if you're a parent out there, you need to tell your kids you need to clean the toilet. It's important. You shouldn't go to someone's house and they got a dirty toilet. And here's Shannon Bedore, or Shannon Storms, whatever her name is, uh, talking to the daughter. And that's how they open the episodes. Not doing anyone any favors. Not doing Shannon any favors. Not doing the daughter any favors. Not doing the viewing audience any favors. Then we cut to Travis and Gina. They're eating dinner. The kids there are cute. Gina's kids are adorbs. And then Jen with her daughter, who reveals that she's stealing from uh, Dr. Jen. The daughter's stealing from Dr. Jen. And we're playing it off as adorable. And the daughter is cute. I'll give it that. But it's still she's still stealing from the mom. But there's a whole slew of other issues with Dr. Jen that we'll get to. Then we see Heather and Terry with their kids at Nobu. Why are they always at Nobu? What's that deal? That's another backdoor deal. I feel like that's a backdoor deal. I'm not sure how they did it, but I feel like Heather and Terry Dubrow went to the owners of Nobu and were like, we're like, we'll give you tons of promo and you got to pay us or let us have free dinner or something for life. I'm not sure what it is. I'm going to need to see the contracts, need to see the receipts, but there's some deal there and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. If it's the last thing I do, what's the connection between Nobu and the Dubrow family? I'm going to get to it. Okay, I'm putting on my monocle. I'm going to get my detective journal and I'm going to go snooping. I'm going to go sleuthing in the words of uh or in the in the path that Megan King Edmonds showed me on the Real Houses of Orange County. I'm going to go snooping. And that's why we did you guys see that Megan King Edmonds, remember who she used to be on this show? Apparently, she wanted to come back to the show last season and they said no. <laughs> They told her no. She like came to produce it. She said in an interview, she tried to come back and she said they they interviewed her again or they filmed her again and then they just said, nope, we're done with you. And that's a sad truth that Megan King Edmonds had to face. And although I want her sleuthing around, I don't know if I need her sleuthing on this show. I'd like her sleuthing around on Bravo on some capacity though. I'm not sure where, got to figure that out. But she did try to come back to the show and they said, uh-uh, I know, not interested. 
so then Heather Dubrow and the kids are talking about school. They argue about USC, I guess, is for spoiled kids or something. I was focused on the Shishido peppers. Did you guys see the Shishido peppers? I started, I went to a restaurant when I was back in Ohio visiting family a few months ago. I went to this restaurant in Hudson. I forget the name of it, so forgive me. But we got the Shishido pepper appetizers, and now I'm addicted to them. They're like, they char grill them and they put them in this like soy saucy mix. And we made, Matt and I made like a version of them here at the house and they're spicy and they're kind of like an appetizer. Shishito. I hope I'm saying that right. Shishito peppers, but they had them at the table at Nobu. And I'm like, I need to make it to Nobu because I need those Shishito peppers. I love a Shishito pepper. Uh, anyway, that's what I was focusing on. I know they were talking about like very intense stuff about kids going away to college and coming out stories. And I was just focused on the peppers. Like once you see one gay, you see them all, right? <laughs> I've seen one coming out. I've seen enough of them, right? I've been through my own. So I know they were coming out or there was a coming out story in here and I'm proud of the kids. But uh, like I said, I'm really pissed at the other kids who were rude to the coming out. I'm pissed at the kids who were rude to Cat to bro. And I stand Cat to bro. I love her. And I've always loved the name Cat too. I love the name Cat ever since I saw 10 Things I Hate About You. Where Kat, remember Julia Stiles, she gives that speech about like, I hate you. And the thing that I hate most of all is that I don't hate you at all. You know, something like, I wish I thought, remember when she reads that poem, you guys know what I'm talking about and 10 things I hate about you. Julia Stiles reads the poem to the class and she's sobbing through the poem and her character's name is Kat. And I thought that poem that she read to me, it was like more, it was better written than Shakespeare when I was a teen. I, I was in maybe middle school or something when that came out. And to me, nothing has ever been that more poetic than that poem. And all it was, if you go back and watch it, it was like, I hate you and I hate that I love you. <laughs> I'm going to have to go rewatch it. I'm pretty sure it was bad. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but at the time it came out of its release, I was convinced that nothing has ever been that romantic or heartbreaking. And maybe I'll go back and watch it and feel the same way. But ultimately, I think it was not great. Anyway, uh, we cut to Noella and Emily at a pedicure. And Noelle is talking about her ex, and Hip is exhausted. Hip is exhausted, not just because she got the new Hip, but also because Noella keeps talking about the ex. And Hip feels like she's always got to walk on eggshells around uh, Noella, because Noella gets angry and defensive. But I don't think Noella is getting angry and defensive. I think she's just doing too much as a housewife, right? So I think Noella needs to reel it in. And we need people, as I was watching this scene, I think the problem with I'm having with Orange County is they need to find women who are in between Noella and Emily Simpson. They need to find the middle ground because Emily is too normal, a buttoned up of a person, a lovely human being again, but a little too normal. And Noella is too much like trying to be a dramatic housewife to me. And we need someone who falls in the middle. And I don't know. Noella says her talking about her divorce is triggering for the other women because of their own lives. And I was just like, I don't think that's it. I think that, <laughs> I think the women are just exhausted by you. And I understand why they would be, but also the other women need to get on Noella's level and meet them, meet her there. If she's going to be like this, then at least give us a show. I don't know. I don't know. And we had Shannon's house. Shannon was cooking for. We got new music, too, in between the transition from the pedicure to Shannon's house. I felt like we got new music. I don't know what. It was like kind of cartoonish. I liked it, but it was new. It was something new in the repertoire. Anyway, Shannon, I don't know if I missed something, but Shannon had the waiter there who was serving me Mr. Bean. He felt very Mr. Bean to me. His name was David. He was the waiter. 
And I just thought it was a character played by Mr. Bean. Uh, But that's not the point. The point is, I don't know why she was having this lunch. And maybe she explained it and I missed it. But I felt like... They, I felt like we had no idea why we were getting the cast together for this lunch. And maybe it was just a lunch, but it felt like Shannon had a waiter there. I don't know. I don't know. I was focused on Shannon. I like her red door of her house. And I wrote in my notes, do I like Shannon? I know at the beginning of the season, I said how much I hate Shannon. And now I feel like I'm turning a corner and I'm sort of liking Shannon. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just liking Shannon in comparison to everybody else. I was. I wrote this in my notes. On Orange County, when I think of the Housewives, one of the most important contributions that the Housewives make into larger popular culture is the gifts or the gifs and the memes and all that stuff. And I was trying to think of a single meme or gif that lives on of Hip or Casita or Dr. Jen. I feel like they haven't given us any. And that's a problem. That's a problem because... I can't remember one thing, or I can't think of one moment that has gone viral. Heather Dubrow, like, there's a few uh, memes of her that I see where she's drinking champs and stuff. Shannon Bedore, as much as I do not care for that woman, she has given us a lot. She's given us, not my plate, you fucking bitch. She's given us, all I want to do is eat. She's given us a lot of moments. And I just don't feel a lot of these other women have. And what are we doing here with them for so many years when they're not giving us one single meme that lives on in pop culture? Do you know what I'm saying? You guys get what I'm saying. They need to step it up and give us something. Give us something. I'm not sure. There was uh, a lot of talk about Dr. Jen's, uh, the husband left, and I don't know. I'm just finding that hard to connect with because I don't even quite understand the problems that they're having. And I don't think this is even popular, but I feel like I'm siding with Ryan. And I don't think I'm supposed to side with Ryan. But the reason I'm siding with Ryan, I hate saying that name, Ryan. I I, I support anyone whose name is Ryan. I just don't support it when you change your name from Ryan to Ryan. That's where I, I kind of draw the line. But I can't believe that I'm siding with Ryan because I'm finding like Dr. Jen is even maybe doing some of the stuff for camera. And then the way that she's talking so much about her relationship with Ryan on camera when it's clear that he doesn't want that out there. I don't feel like he wants to be on this show. And then she's throwing him under the bus with all this stuff. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Well, I know that I'll get through this. Thrillers, thrillers. You guys, I took that sound off the soundboard and I put it back. And I know some of you are mad at me about it. I'm going to get the DMs. You're going to say, how dare you put that back on? <laughs> how dare you get shares believe back in my head? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, we, I had a rough day. It was I, Like I told you earlier, it was one of them days. It's just one of them days. It's just one of them days. And to get through that one of them days, you need to put on some share. You need to put on some share and get through them days. You just need to do it. Uh, okay, so what else is going on? There's uh, good years and bad years in marriage, Heather says. And I believe that I've said this on the show before. My mom used to always say there's good years and bad years when a long-term relationship. You need to understand that. There's going to be some good times and bad times. Hopefully, the good a number of good years outweighs the bad at the end of your life. That's obviously the goal and what you should be searching for in a partner. But I don't think there's a single way for anyone to get through a marriage or a relationship without a bad year or two. And again, when I say bad year, that doesn't mean there are certain things that are unforgivable. So all these things have layers. But I thought that was good of Heather to give that advice. And Jen said something about needing a divorce, and I was like, ah, oh, don't say that. Don't say the D word on camera. There's no way Ryan's going to see that and be okay with it. 
Anyway, then Shan- there was one quick moment where Shannon was talking about having zero estrogen, and I didn't really, what was, I don't know what was, that seemed like a larger conversation that I would have liked to been privy to. It was just like a quick clip of Shannon saying, I'm low estrogen, and then they cut away from it. I was like, what was she talking about? It seems, I don't know, like it could have been an interesting conversation about aging and and uh, the female body and all this stuff that maybe we're, we don't see on television, and instead they just cut away from it. I'm like, tell me more about Shannon's lower estrogen levels. And I need to hear about it because that's fascinating to me that that's on TV because this is one of the few places on television where women over a certain age are featured. And so if they're dealing with low estrogen levels, we should sit on that conversation for a minute because nowhere else on television are we going to get it. So I wish they would have, but instead we just moved on and we talk about microdosing and uh, hip. I don't know what's going on. Hip says, her and Barr hit a lope. <laughs> I gave all these people nicknames, and now when I'm reading my notes, I'm like, what the fuck does that say? So my notes just say, Hip says her and Barr hit a low point at 10 years. And then <laughs> Hip and Barr, of course, I'm talking about Emily and Shane. Uh, but maybe, maybe some of these people are just in bad relationships. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some of that is that. Because Yes, I do think you should try to get through your hard times with the one that you love. And if you're in a relationship, there are going to be bad times. I get all of that. But also, maybe sometimes when you're in a bad relationship, you need to get out of it. And so that's just something to think about. Something to think about. So Jen's talking about her situation with Ryan. And then Noella asks if there's a prenup. And then they're kind of getting mad at Noella because she's bringing up the divorce. And I don't know, Hip snaps that whisper. And then Hip walks away. And Noella gets so bothered that she walked away. And... Now Noella likes Jen because Jen's expressing her trauma and her relationship with Ryan. And I don't know. I don't even, again, no, don't know what this lunch is for. What are we even getting, get, getting together for? I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah. 
Shannon wants everyone to sit at the table, though, because she's got cookies. She was serving cookies, and there was one cookie, those peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in the middle. I saw those on a tray, and I'm not kidding you. I've been craving those for, I don't even know what they call them. They're just peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in the middle. And I've had such a craving for those cookies, and I don't think you can even buy them. I think you got to make them. But my God, I've been dreaming about them. And then I saw them on Orange County Housewives. I'm like, I need to, that's a sign I need to get one. But they do a lot of like drug talk and they had a little microdose and they were even playing with like the visual effects and stuff as if Shannon was so stoned and it was stupid. <laughs> it was dumb. Uh, but we, I don't know. We love it. It's revealed that Gina has a skincare line, which maybe we don't need everyone to have a skincare line. And I was proud of Gina was talking about she had bad skin. They showed her with skin and, and she said, I always just want a, a good skincare line for products that work for me. And I'm supportive of that, but it's like enough is enough. Every housewife's got the skincare line. And even Shannon later in the episode, she's like, uh, Emily had asked Shannon if she's jealous of Gina's businesses or something. And Shannon's like, no, I got a hundred businesses of my own. I got 10 businesses of my own, including skincare. Ack! And so she's shouting that about her. And it's like, why did they all have a skincare line? Why? We just don't. Uh, and if, it, I, I guess if they had always talked about skincare or something, I'd believe it. But even on social media, I'm like, I never see these women talking about skincare or nothing. And then they're starting these skincare lines and they're not even doing anything for the skincare lines. They're just plopping their name on it, just plopping their name on something. And they don't know what's going in it. They don't know what's going on. it. It's just some company that's a private label company is letting them slap a label on something and they're doing it. It's all so gross. And I don't know. I was just feeling very cynical about it. And I've always been someone who supports the Housewives products. You know that, you know that I buy all the products, but yet still I was I was, I'm over it. I don't know. Maybe it's just the mood I was in, but I'm over it. Enough with the skincare. Anyway, next week, I don't know. That's the end of the episode. Next week, Gina takes the kid to the orthodontist with her ex. Uh, Then Jen gets drunk at a dinner. I know we're going to have to stay tuned. Looks interesting. Speaking of Housewives products, though, I did just recently order on Summerhouse Maya, who I love. I'm like loving Maya. And I thought this week's Summerhouse was so incredibly impactful, important, and fantastic episode of television. If you're not watching, this week's in particular, I just thought was great. I was happy to have my Luke back. Uh, I missed that mountain man, that wintry mountain man, and now he's back in the house. And I'm glad Craig wasn't around. I'm glad there was no Austin. I just, this was the cast I wanted. But Maya, she's got a cookie business and I bought the cookies and they're on their way. And I'm going to do a live testing on air of Maya's cookies because we need to find out about these cookies. But I ordered them and they were very expensive to have them shipped all the way here to Los Angeles was pricey. But you know what? I did that for the people because sometimes I got to do some research on this show. And I thought we need to figure out how these cookies are. And I do consider myself a cookie connoisseur. So I'm excited to try Maya's cookies. I'm loving that she's in the house. And it was so fascinating to me. So they had this big sit down with the group because Maya was feeling like triggered because uh, she's one of the few people of color in the house. And it was fascinating how her and Sierra were bonding and then how they sat the group down and seeing them come together at that hug at the end was just so beautiful. And, I just thought it was fantastic TV, and I loved it. And I hate Kyle and Amanda, too, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, Summer House is delivering. Kyle and Amanda just shouldn't be together. I mean, that situation is so dark. When it was revealed that he doesn't, like, get her gifts, and, oh, I can't believe that they got married. Oh, oh, it's all tough. It's all tough. 
it's all very tough. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. I love you all so much for listening. We need to do our cheesy little cool down because we got a lot, a lot we need to take in. And it's been a tough week. It's been one of them days. It's just one of them days. And we need to get through these and go forth and turn our friends upside down and get off our asses and have a good rest of your week. I love you all so much for listening. Uh, let's take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. And let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Love you all for listening. Uh, there's a Patreon if you want to listen to bonus episodes of Everything Iconic. I'll put the link in the episode description. Also, you can pre order my book or my audiobook, and uh, we'll leave it at that. I love you all so much. Bye bye. <laughs>